All right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's going on, guys? So, uh, what happened tonight, Dozer? Well, we were running low on groceries. As one does. So, I decided I'd run to town. Wife worked a little late, and I fed kids supper, and she came home and said, I'm going to go get some groceries. She said, okay. So, I pull up to the old Aldi unit, and there's Sam checking out. So I said, hey, you want to do a podcast tonight? Just joking, kind of. And he's like, sure. Yeah. And uh, so I, I said, hold on a second. So I had to take a picture of Sam at Aldi. So my wife knew that I just ran into him, that I didn't plan on the grocery run turning into a podcast. A podcast. She didn't care, though. She was getting the kids ready for uh, Mexico. 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 Okay. Well. Uh, tell us about what's going on in Mexico. So my brother, who's been on this show, is getting married in Mexico. Okay. So it was a um, kid-free wedding, and we told him we would not go <laughs> because basically my parents are going to be there, and we didn't want to leave the kids for a whole week with her parents and because um, her mom's sick and they're building a house, and we just don't want to just impose yeah don't don't feel right leaving them plus they live 30 minutes from town so they'd have to drive an hour round trip like three times a day to bring them to school sure right major inconvenience emma goes in the middle of the day but anyway so we're like well we're not going unless kids are allowed so there's no kids allowed except for our kids it makes me super nervous bringing going to mexico because you hear all kind of horror stories but i've been um, reassured that it's just fine. And, uh, so if anybody's got any words of encouragement, please I'd write into the show. To hear them. Uh, we're leaving in a couple weeks. So be interesting. going to bring, uh, bring my kids to another country and, uh, see what happens. So what's the rules on passports for children? Do that was, uh, oh yeah. Okay. That was a thing. So, we went to the post office. We filled out everything you could fill out online beforehand. Went to the post office to do... So the, the, the biggest scam going okay. is how much do you think it costs to get four people's pictures taken at Walgreens for passports? I'm going to say $15 a person, $60. 70-some dollars. Jeez Louise. For passport pictures. Okay. Then I was told you can do them yourself. Yes, you can. I thought like it had to be at like some authorized bullshit, but I got my, I don't know if they do it anymore, but I got mine done at the post office. I don't think they do it there anymore. I don't think I may be wrong. Okay. We went to Walgreens because the post office is a miserable hellhole anyway. Absolutely. Any government run organization. So then we went to the post office on a Saturday with the kids. One dude working there. Of course. One dude. Line out the door. Line out the door. And uh, we went through and did one and then got back in line, did another one, got back in line, did another one. So we were there like three hours. Sounds miserable. Um, We had the kids sitting outside the office just on the floor by like where you walk in the post office. Yeah. 
and uh, I forgot what his name is. I think it's like Ted Rhodes or something. He owns Rhodes to Health Chiropractic. Yeah. And he came in and just seen our kids sitting there, and he like was kind of concerned. He's like, "Hey, are you kids here by yourself?" And and White looks at him and goes, "No, that would be ridiculous." <laughs> How dare you ask yeah, such a question? So I kind of went out and was like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're ours, you know, don't worry about it. So um, we did that. They, they came fairly quick. You know, they're like, oh, it's it takes a long time. You know, this was last summer we did this. Sure. But yeah, the kids have to have passports. So I've got, it, it, I, I think it's like almost a grand in passports for all of us, all four of us. It's like 150 bucks a person plus the pictures and so we had to go get like uh, birth certificate copies and stuff like it well, almost not a thousand dollars in passports. Right. But they're good for 10 years. So you better start plan, planning don't on, plan on leaving the country. And again, so I think mine's about to expire. I need to check in on that. But speaking of travel, this is the pre King of the Hammers episode. I am leaving in a couple days to go out to California Cody is already out there with that whole crew. And I am not. And Dozer is not going this year, even though uh, all signs point to much reduced dust this year because they had to use four-wheel drive to get to the parking spot. So I had some rain last week for the King of the Motos, and uh, they got a little sloppy mess out there, but hopefully by the time I get there, it's nice and dry and not dusty. So looking forward to that. Yeah, and I mean, one of the reasons I'm not going is the basically the day we would get back i would have to leave and go to mexico and after just returning from the ballpoint pen convention yes we went to i have that written down as well um we went to vegas again this year for our uh trade show so it uh a lot of tumblers yeah that that... there's probably more pins and more tumblers than pins now i would say that's so it's the Tumblr convention now. Basically the Tumblr convention. Gotcha. Well let's you know, the Stanley fifty ounce is taking the world by storm or forty ounce. Forty ounce, yeah. Some people have been coming out with fifty ounce or so. So let's circle back to PPAI a little bit later in the show. But okay. first I have some emails that I'd like to read. So the first one I have here is from Bailey Crager. Extension one five one zero is how her email is labeled. Okay. She says, Hello. In regard to your super late podcast, in parentheses, do better, Sam and Dozer. Do, I do not do it every time, but I have smelt cups before I use them, depending on who does the dishes, a.k.a. my kids. Some people just suck at washing. So, and that's, I think that's what we, di- we discussed. Me never having lived with kids, mm-hmm. haven't had to have that situation. I guess I should ask my old man to see if he ever smelled any cups that I've washed. Oh, I doubt it. Probably not. Um, the one time I gave Mooch a shot of breast milk at the bar, I told him it was tippy cow. If he would have smelt it, he would have known, but he did not kind of related, but kind of not because they tell you don't ever smell a shot, but I do anyway. So I don't smell shots because part of your, your olfactories are part of your taste sensation that your brain responds to. So a lot of people don't know this. If you hold your nose while you're taking a shot or eating or drinking anything, it greatly reduces the amount of taste that you get out of that consumption. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of a funny story. We'll have to have Bailey on here to tell the story about the shot of breast milk at the bar. It's a pretty funny story. Yeah, we need to have Mooch back on here, too. He was a good time. He was a crowd favorite, for sure. 
She also says, I know I am a good driver. I just hate driving. As Mooch says, we met, we met because God knew I needed to be somebody's passenger princess. Um, and for cringy car mods, she says, the big stacks you can fit your entire head in, they look dumb. Which, sidebar, that maroon truck I had had a huge stack in it. That was retarded. And I agree, that goes on the list of cringy car mods. And also, lime green four-door Jeep Wranglers make me cringe. I have never met a good person driving one. Okay. So if you own a lime green Jeep, stay out of Bailey's way because she's, she's not a fan. So um, she asks, Dozer, why are you tired of the podcast? You two just need to get on a better schedule. It'll make it easier. Okay. So that's her. That's I'm just her. running out of stuff to talk about. What we need more people to be on the podcast. I want to have call-in guests and everything. Which the problem I'll... is it's a cluster. Every time you try to get someone on, oh, well, you know, this came up. Or the cops that... are at my house. Yeah, basically. And it's like, well, they'll be there when you're done. Sit down. Yeah. And as far as maternity leave, I agree two weeks is good. Anymore, I think a man would drive me crazy. And she has two questions for the both of us. Given a chance to choose an alternative career, what would you choose? Oh, 100% selling tractors. Selling tractors. So you yeah. still be in sales? Oh, yeah. Like, I would love to. I just, I just like sell. I just like tractors. Uh, I would like to, and I think we talked about this one time on the podcast, about having like a job match type of business where like you could do trades as a job match. Like you could build houses for four or five weeks and then didn't like that. You can be a truck driver for four or five weeks. Didn't like that. You can be a uh, railroad guy for four or five weeks or something or run the river uh, on a barge or something. I think driving a train would be cool. That's like buried deep in my yeah. childhood, like just loving trains as a kid. I think just being a conductor, you know, wearing the bib overalls and the, and the hat and just hanging my arm out the window, boop, boop, honking the horn. I think it'd be cool. All right. Um, ain't no steering wheel. Ain't no steering wheel. <laughs> you ain't got, you think how much texting you can get oh done driving gosh. a train. I think, I, I think there's like a button you have to push. Like, like hold the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got two hands. <laughs> you just set your phone on it. <laughs> 3D print thing that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh man. Um, and then do you believe in life after death? Uh, yes. Absolutely. So. Okay, and then... I have been finding more people who believe in aliens as well, so... Okay, all right. And then Roger West, the swap meet guy, uh, got an announcement for later in the podcast, but uh, he gave me his address, and I sent him a short story-long podcast, Tall Boy Huggy, via UPS, which was more expensive than the Huggy. Um, I can ship a 10-pound box to Oregon cheaper than I can ship a manila envelope from Effingham to St. Elmo, turns out. Not sure what that's about, but hey. Um, and he says, by the way, you can always tell them Mopar is not spelled with a J. I like that. That's, <laughs> that's a good point. So, And then the last one is from my sister uh, about our last episode. She says, it was such a controversial episode. Good for you guys. <laughs> And uh, she really enjoyed the, you don't have to go hunting, but if you don't go, you're going shopping. So I went hunting. She thought that was pretty funny. 
And then she is totally on board. Heck yes. Please make a veterans podcast episode. And smelling cups is normal for people who also smell their fingers after picking their wedgies. <laughs> All right, then. Okay. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> and then uh, hot. she says the whole OMG, the whole discussion on chicken versus elephant battle had me rolling. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was uh, that was all the responses we had from episode forty one. So okay, well that seems like more than usual. More, it is definitely more than usual. Typically, appreciate y'all. Typically, we get no. We gave them plenty of time to send. <laughs> that's right. That, that's why we take so long. We were only get plenty of time to get all these responses yes. back, regardless of the fact that all of those were from last year. So ooh, ouch. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, Mexico probably gonna get kidnapped by the cartel. Don't drink the water. That's what I've heard. That was on the list. Um, it's all-inclusive. So I was not drinking in January to... Um, lose weight. Lose weight, mostly. And I hit it pretty hard over Christmas. And then my wife brought up the point that <clears throat> going sober for like six weeks before an all-inclusive wedding is probably a terrible idea. So I'm back. Yeah, you don't need to be a cheap. You don't need to be a cheap drunk. Yes, right. All inclusive. Get my money worth. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, if anybody's ever brought their kids to another country, uh, let me know how that went. Yeah, so we're having them watch kids' YouTube videos on how to behave in the airport and stuff, and they're they're pretty excited. I don't think they really know. Like they don't even know what a country is. You know what okay. I mean? <laughs> like they think St. Elmo's a country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right oh so, um yeah we'll see what happens but we're gonna go get married i got my best man speech going how is that how I is that to, going i ought to give that on the podcast after the wedding i, I could probably do it before he's never gonna listen to you it you don't think brand's gonna listen yeah, to it especially it not while he's prepping for a wedding yeah okay well remind me i'll give that on the podcast so when i get back from hammers we got to do a a recap and yes. of you getting ready to go and your best man speech. Okay. You, you can like you can do like your your trial run. You can say it oh, okay. on the podcast and you that. can get your inflections correctly and okay. you can your dramatic pauses. And and there's plenty of those. And I, I believe in um you know, stuff is funnier when delivery can make stuff funny oh absolutely 110 percent. so like one of the things from as my brother was living in a tiny home and my thing uh i have a part there where i'm like you know the first sign that you guys were gonna make it was a small was a tiny house yeah <laughs> and <laughs> and just stuff like that like yeah you guys uh you know i really respect you uh went down to tennessee and opened up your own business at the best point in time a global pandemic right yeah and it was just stuff like that the whole the whole thing is full so it's, good deal i'm looking forward to it uh he also told me that needed to rhyme so i had chat gpt write a best man speech about my chiropractor brother who was getting married in Mexico against the will of my family, and it spit me one out. And yeah? I have that. I'm not going to use it. Laren told me I'm not allowed to because it's not that great, but it's like good enough. So yeah. I should. I need. So uh, I know you're not listening, but Jared, if you can find the story you had Chat GPT write about a type oh. three <laughs> diabetes tool salesman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll read that on the podcast because that shit was hilarious. <laughs> <A> tire burning. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Oh shoot. 
I think uh, it says something about smooth brain <laughs> customers and everything. I have so no. I gotta sell these tools so I can buy more tires from a tire fryer Mopa. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. It, I oh, I enjoyed yes. reading it thoroughly. So, um, in podcast news, I have made some tweaks and adjustments to our mobile podcast setup because I will be doing, hopefully. Last year, we tried to do a daily podcast update on the deal out at King of the Hammers. We got a lot of busy stuff going on, and I don't think we got every day. I think we missed a couple days. But this year, we're going to shoot for attempt to do a mobile podcast every day, every night, kind of recapping what's going on for the day. Um, There was a bit of a feedback issue last year that I was fighting the whole time, and it was due to the six dollar microphones i got off of amazon um ended up being what i traced the problem down to and uh i have since spent 26 dollars on my um so i got two brand new ones and two high-end used ones that i got from a auction or something and i tested that out the other day and got that nice and going. I got the windscreen filters that go over the microphones because Randy was <laughs> last year. And yeah, so hopefully um, that that turns out well. Cody has hired a videographer. Um, so for the first time in short story long history, we will have a video podcast as well. Nice. So um my hope is that that goes terrible that way our (laughs) listeners don't demand us to have video podcasts uh in the future because that just sounds like a lot more work for sam because i ain't doing shit (laughs) um but anyway all that to say the reason i was willing to spend the extra money on it because i i mean I, I thoroughly enjoy bringing this podcast to our listeners because every time we get feedback, it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Like people actually like listening to what we're doing here. So, which is the most surprising part of this whole project. Um, what I'm super excited for with this mobile setup is I want to go talk to your grandpa and bring it there and we can go sit where he's comfortable in his living room and we can have the conversation. He can tell the stories and then I can go with you to Dean's house and he can smoke two packs of Winston's while he tells us his stories. And <laughs> I, I feel like it'll open up more opportunities for us. I feel the- like, I feel like we should video that one. Okay. And every time he smokes a cigarette, we have like a counter and then do like a Instagram, like reel where it's like, ching, ching, ching. He's like lighting cigarettes. <laughs> and then <laughs> another one have a, Oh, counter. And then a drinking game every <laughs> <laughs> Every time he says not going to happen, you got to take a shot. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, that'll be good. All right. So the hammers, I mean, uh, I've not been too involved with it this year. Uh, I've been kind of hands off. But, man, just from the Snapchats and pictures and going by and seeing the operation um, before they left, it's looking like a top-notch deal this year. I mean, he sent that Snapchat all the machines sitting on the lake bed, and there's there's some hardware out there. And every year he steps it up, it seems like. He's got mm-hmm. better and better equipment. Um, Even though every year is the last year he's going to do it. Well, yeah, for sure. But, uh, like, this year it was the, the window nets. Like, anything that has given him in trouble in the past, he's 
done something to alleviate the pain points. Mm-hmm. And the issue last year and year previous years was like the window nets were not necessarily easy to get up and down. And like at the pit stop, it was Peyton's job to get the window net down and give him water. And, and then Steve would check the GoPro camera battery or whatever the situation was. And then getting net back up was kind of tedious. And Cody's like, go, 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 you know, and, and everyone's kind of on edge. Mm-hmm. Well, this year, the window nets are attached to the door and open and closed with the oh, door. Oh, fancy. Um, which, I, which Cody, I'm sure, will probably talk about it when we're on the lake bed, but it was very interesting because like they had one design and then they read the rules and turns out you need to be able to exit the vehicle while it's on its side. So like you could, you can't, the, you have to have a secondary mode of opening that window net when the vehicle's on its side. So the frame of the window net is attached to the door and then it unclips from the frame also. So oh, that makes sense. under normal circumstances, you just leave it clipped up, open the door, close the door, window net stays in place. If you need to, and for tech, you can drop the window net down and get out that way. So, um, yeah, it uh, a lot has happened in the past few weeks. I mean, I was just there two weeks ago, and there was no body work on the car, no interior in the car. Uh, we I helped Cody bolt the roof onto the car, and like Stewie was trying to get the battery kill switch mounted, which is the first thing you mount before you do all the wiring in the car. Right. So it was uh, a lot. That had to happen in the last couple of weeks. Well, and he had a Snapchat of the gauge cluster that said five miles on it. And I was telling Stewie today, I was like, at five miles, you don't even know if Polaris did their job right. True. That's true. So, so it's going out there fresh. And uh, he's got uh, a new North Star Ranger crew out there now this year. So he's got two of the Pro R's and he's got the North Star Ranger. Everything, of course, has the suspension and the tires and everything. Um, a sponsor has really stepped up this year, and we'll be shouting them out when we're doing our mobile out on the lake bed because, uh, from what I understand, he got a lot of help this year with all these parts and pieces for these machines. It, uh, it's pretty incredible to see all this stuff coming together, and uh, I think I think it's going to be a good time. I think last year Cody made the the – the declaration have you that uh he's been there he's finished the race twice now um he's going out there to really put the really put the hammer down and he he wants to place well this year so it uh, ought to be entertaining yes i'm excited they're running a different machine this year so they were running a pro xp yep and they're running a Pro R now, yep. uh, which is fairly stock from what I understand, or was supposed to be. I don't know if it stayed that way. It was supposed to stay stock. Um, and again, shout out to the sponsors. They helped with all these parts. It did not stay stock for long. Gotcha. Um, again, not my deal. Right. It's, it's his machine. He's. I, I'm just there to basically change a tire. If, if it goes flat, it is, mm-hmm. is really the reason I'm there and, and to do a podcast. So, um, if, if he wants to put a rocket engine on it, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's his prerogative, but a lot has changed since last year when we saw a stock pro R run and finish the race. He was like, well, shit, we'll just do that. And here we are with a not stock pro R to go racing with, which 
everything added is a quote unquote benefit. It's it's all gonna increase the odds of survival and increase the speed and everything else, but it also added to some of the headache as far as the timeline was concerned. So. Right. Well, I guess that's an issue if you're planning on running a stock machine. You're like, well, we'll just put a cage on it and be good. And then you start doing upgrades, you start getting pinched for time, I suppose. And so I know for a fact there were some suspension upgrades, clutch upgrades, cooling upgrades, uh, ECU upgrades, and then obviously safety upgrades. So um, a, a lot a lot of stuff was changed versus just adding some reinforcement to the stock cage and bolting some racing seats in it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, I don't know. It'll be good. The I think I think we got a great team this year, and uh, we got a great equipment this year, and I think I think we're gonna have a great time. Good deal. So switching gears a little bit, I have been working on a blue Ford this winter. Yeah, but it wasn't the blue Ford I thought it was gonna be. Fair enough. So my dad has an old Ford 5000 tractor we've talked about before on this podcast. And uh, we used it all the last year with basically no trouble, but uh, there's some engineering on the loader and that needs redone and completely redone. It was all stick welded together. And when I took it apart, it just fell apart. And it it was questionable at best when you first got your hands on it because I remember... Like you move in the loader and like one of the welds was cracked and the whole thing was Yeah, I think you there. were there. We like had to weld it back together before we used it. Yeah, and it was like on its way to St. Elmo to do work and your dad's freaking out because we got to get it going or whatever. Yeah, we spent a whole day doing that. That was a good time. We need to do that again. Tra- tractor mechanic. Yeah, it's tractor day. <laughs> um, you know, if you don't plan maintenance, it'll plan itself, I was told. Right. If, so. if, if you don't make time... For maintenance, your equipment will make it for you. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was sitting there looking at this tractor tore apart where my Falcon usually sits, and I was like, this is not the Ford I was planning on working on this winter. Right. But uh, here we are. That's fine. Um, we have a habit of making declarations on this, so our listeners hold us to it. Okay. Um. And I don't think I've talked to you about doing any drag week or drag and drive stuff since our podcast. I assume that was kind of dead. You're talking about talking about me. Yeah, yeah. Like your Comanches. I haven't talked to you about doing that for three months. Sure. Um, so my Falcon went on the back burner, burner yet again. Mm-hmm. So my friend Ryan called me out of the blue one day and he said, hey, your brother-in-law has been caribou hunting to Alaska, hasn't he? I was like, yeah, he has. Do you think he would give us some tips and tricks? Well, he probably would. And uh, I said, who who you going? When you going? And he said, oh, me and Ross are going. I said, you got any room? Well, sure. You want to go? And I was like, sure. And I don't think I was. they were really expecting me to say yes. But uh-huh. so now I've survived hunting the Midwest with rural king hunting clothes. And, um, you know, it doesn't take much to go sit in a tree stand and shoot a deer. Mm-hmm. And now you're getting to the point. So we didn't have enough time to book an outfitter to fly us in. So the big deal in Alaska is access. So getting into the backcountry because there's like no roads. Mm -hmm. So most people fly in, boat in. We didn't have 
enough time. We we didn't plan far enough ahead. This is going to happen in August. We decided around Christmas. And uh, there's one way to do it. So there's a, a pipeline that goes through Alaska, what they call it, the Great Alaskan Pipeline or something. There's a Not sure. But there's a big pipeline that goes through the middle of Alaska. It has a road next to it. You can drive that pipeline and hunt next to it with a bow and arrow. But you have to be five miles from the pipeline to hunt with a rifle. Trans-Alaska Pipeline System. That's right. So we are going to hike across the tundra above the, the, the Arctic Circle, five miles from this road, and sleep in a chintzy, lightweight tent that we're going to pack with us and try to shoot some caribou. And I think that is happening. But the falcon and the... Um, so in, in August, correct. we're in, we're in the Northern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So it's still fall. It's still autumn. But if you're in the Arctic circle, it would most likely be extremely cold and snowy, not, uh, it can be anywhere from zero degrees to 80 degrees and you have to be prepared and it. And it can, it can swing between the two in a day. Very interesting. So we have to pack winter clothes and have to pack. I mean, you, if you watch videos, some guys are hunting in t-shirts and shorts and some guys are hunting in a foot of snow. I'm looking at some pictures right now and it's literally a gravel road with two tracks and a, you know, grass median. Basically. That, uh, I mean, it is not much of a road that. That is definitely some adventure for sure. So it's like bring gas cans, bring multiple spare tires, the whole the whole deal. So the issue, you, you'll enjoy this. This guy's doing it on a bicycle. A lot of guys do it on motorcycles, I think. This guy's got a bobsled. So originally we talked about driving up there, but it's 60 hours to drive up to the northern part of Alaska. Correct. Which is where I went ahead. So most people fly into Fairbanks, but most car rental companies don't want their vehicles taking up a two-track dirt road for 12 hours. Okay. So most places, you're not allowed to go up. It's called the Dalton Highway. Okay. But U-Haul will let you. Okay. So dudes go up there and rent U-Hauls, and the the whole 1999 a day U-Haul pickup trucks, dudes rent those and sit three wide in them. And uh, $19 a day, you got your ride. Hell yeah. So uh, we'll have to do that. Or you can, there's one place called like Alaska 4x4. You can rent a brand new Denali and it's like four grand a week. But if you're splitting it three ways, would you rather spend 10 days in a Denali or ass to ass in a U-Haul truck? Well, well. Hear me out. Okay. How big of a U-Haul truck? Um, a 19-footer or whatever? No, no, no. Pickup. Re- oh. Regular, regular cab pickup truck. Okay. Well, follow me on this. Okay. Rent a 16-foot U-Haul box truck, put a kerosene heater in it, and that's your fucking tent. Oh, but you have to be five miles from the road. Hammer down, baby. <laughs> you, can't drive, you can't drive on the Tundra. Ah. So it take you can go a one mile an hour on the tundra. So like walking out, hunting, and coming back and sleeping in your U-Haul isn't a thing. 
who are there cops out there? Are they gonna pull you over if you're doing ten? I, I don't know. Cause I don't know. You wouldn't think it'd be. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> so in that case, if you rent the Denali, surely it's four wheel drive. Yeah. Could you drive it out on the tundra? No motorized vehicles. Alaska's gay. So then my wife is this like, is like Northern California. Yeah, but it essentially is. So my wife is like, I got the solution for you. I was like, what's that? She's like, bring a crossbow. I'm like, done. And uh, that crossbows are rifles in Alaska. Considered rifles. Do they have a stock? I don't know. Again, California, North California. Which I don't think crossbows are real bows either. But if you're worried about shooting something through a pipeline, surely it won't do it. But anyway. Uh, I don't think a pipeline would be affected by... But it, it's going to be an adventure. So we're talking about bringing inflatable rafts. To drag your stuff. So we'll, we're going to walk in, and then when we kill shit, we're going to, like, white water rapid flow out. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so my dad's all worried that we're going to die. Um, he was, what was he worried about? We were going to die the other, like, the, a few months ago. He was like, <laughs> you absolutely cannot. Oh, it was taking your kids in your Jeep to land between the lakes. Oh, yes, that yeah. was it. Like, yeah, it's certain no, death. No offense, Tom, but your judgment has not got a yeah, great reputation. He also said I was gonna die if I didn't get the COVID shot, and so mm. that aged. Nicely. Are you a, are you alive? Yeah, copy. Yeah, the the summer. There's been multiple uh, winters of illness and death that I've made it through. So. Yeah. Well, my boss was the same way. He was almost in tears, begging me to get the shot, and I just I was. Not receptive very there well. There you are, still rolling. Still so. alive. I did I did have a runny nose last week, so mm. there's that. Yeah. NyQuil took care of me. Yeah. <laughs> Doing your Flintstone vitamins. Uh, I is is it habit forming? Because I kind of can't sleep real well without taking a good <laughs> shot of NyQuil before mm. bed right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, about, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm thinking about bringing some out to King of the Hammers because it's not quiet. No, when no. You go, it's when you go loud. to sleep out there. And, uh, you know, you, you know, a little bit of melatonin or a little bit of Ambien or whatever, which Ambien, uh, Brent Wallace says if he takes an Adderall after lunch and then an Ambien at night, he trips proverbial balls. It doesn't seem healthy. Um, and he, he like, he's, he has sent me some interesting Snapchats while he's on Adderall and Ambien at the same time. So, okay. Noted. Um, cause he's got like slow release Adderall or something. So like you're supposed to take it at 7am and then it lasts all day or whatever. I don't, he was trying to explain it to me and I was like, all right, then, you know what I mean? And, uh, but yeah, so he, uh, he said, it's been a while since I've, I've taken any ambient. I might be due for some, I was, and he said, stand by for some interesting Snapchats. You gotta and, do that. Then be on the podcast. Well, it's, it's if you fight the sleep, I guess. If you, if you fight that, going that, to sleep. That reminds me of Wolf of Wall Street. The Preludes. Quaaludes. Quaaludes. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, the, the, it's the Honda car. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Shout out to Randy Sarver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's sent some pretty incoherent Snapchats. So. Noted. 
But uh, anyway, what well, were yeah, we so about? that's our adventure, uh, caribou hunting. Caribou so hunting I, I think yes. that is, um, I'm going to try to be in the best shape of my life. I'm going to try to run a, at least one 5K before I do that. Okay. I think I might try to become a runner. I've been doing some CrossFit and stuff. I have lost like uh, 30-some pounds since last summer. So I'm going to try. I feel like I'm at the age of 35 hitting my prime. Fair enough. So I'm feeling pretty good. I wish I would have started working out when I was in my 20s, but that didn't happen. So here we are. Mm-hmm. So feeling good. Um, those guys are building super lightweight, like titanium action, carbon fiber uh, barrel and stock rifles. So they're like six pounds. My rifle is going to be like nine pounds. And I was telling them, like, you guys are building lightweight rifles for the walk. And I'm just training to carry a heavy one. So fair enough. And, uh, and saving money in the process yes. and becoming healthier in the process. I found a new but previously owned 338 Win Mag. Okay. Uh, so, you know, the whole, like, be careful, like never's a long time. Uh-huh. So the gun shop here in town had this 338 win mag sitting on the used shelf for like two years. God. And dang. every time I go in there and look, I was like, a fucking idiot would have to buy that. Like they're never going to sell that in Effingham, Illinois. And, uh, you're looking or you're listening to that idiot. So... It, uh, I looked at it, and I did not realize it was brand new until after I bought it. I gave probably less than half of new costs for it. And when I picked it up, I was looking. I was like, this thing looks brand new. Like, the scope mounts still had little brass screws in them. Oh. And the handle had, like, a melted wax. Like, the bolt-action handle had, like, a melted wax protectant on it. Okay. That you, like, cut off. And the bolt was fluted. So it was blued, and then they had machine flutes in the bolt. Mm-hmm. It's a Weatherby. Okay. And uh, real nice, you know, rifle. They had machined through the bluing, and there was, like, stainless showing. Well, the guy who was selling me the gun was like, yeah, see, all the bluings wore off? He's like, "That's this gun's been shot a lot. It's wore out. And I was like, whatever, like, it's 350 bucks." Well, that's just how it's made. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't, like... I was looking, I was like, whoever cleaned this, cleaned the hell out of it because there was like no dirt residue, nothing. I was like, man, they cleaned the hell out of it. Well, it's brand new. That's pretty cool. So um, I shot that. Recoil's pretty stout, but when you grow up in a state that requires um, to use slug guns and stuff, the you know, not much kicks as much as a slug gun, it doesn't seem. So not sure. too bad. Which those... Those guys with them six pound rifles, they're gonna be hurting. Yeah, they're building three hundred PRCs. So I feel like those will that's definitely bigger, bruise that's a bigger shoulder. than a three hundred wind mag. That'll definitely bruise a shoulder. So, so that's the story. Uh lots of suffering between now and then and during then, but we're hoping that it's all worth it. And so have you done any you've got any plans to like do any kind of custom gunsmithing to this rifle or um no, no. I shot it. Monday when I was home from work from the ice. Yep. And it shot about a three quarter inch group at a hundred yards of factory ammo. So we're going to run it. We need to do more shooting. Yeah. I did do some custom gunsmithing with Jared though. Yeah. Well that, but it was mostly modifying tools. Okay. But we needed to notch it. And he's like, you just got a dremel. I was like, I got a bridge port. 
I got and, the I got a big ass Dremel. And I was like, I'm gonna send a picture to Sam because he will appreciate that. I did I did appreciate that. And Cody, I talked to him Monday and he's got a project that I would like to be a part of. I told him I would help um to do a, a counterweight for his rifle or something. Oh, Cody Harkey? Yeah. Yes, yeah. We need to do that sometime. So anyway, yeah, I uh the the Bridgeport thing, having a Bridgeport in the family is like possibly better than having an at-home forklift it's definitely on par with it well and i would have never done it by myself because you arguably have more in tooling than i paid for the bridgeport when we added it up it's probably a wash but uh so i would have had to double my investment to tool up right where i bought the machine and gave it a home and then you had the supporting thing so it works out pretty good I mean, if you count all the stuff, like you're talking about all the stuff I already owned. Already owned, yeah. Oh, well, then yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was retail. I'm sure you came by some of that uh, secondhand or whichever. So. Well, and it took me six years of buying deals I found and waiting. I mean, I I spent three years on eBay sniping sna- stare at auctions. <laughs> yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, about everything I got tool measurement wise come from ebay eBay. yeah so that was back when you could get deals on ebay yeah not a lot of that anymore not really i couldn't tell you last time i was like i got a screaming deal on ebay right maybe never actually i uh no i i enjoy it so back to bailey's question uh i if you know the whole like risk of failure whatever like if i if I knew I could be successful, I would I would start a machine shop tomorrow. Yeah. I I I thoroughly enjoy making big metal little metal. Yeah, would you enjoy it though if you had to survive on it, you know? It's I, all well, fun I, when we do it in my garage. Well, I have. Just, I have survived on it. Okay, that's true. Um I I but but it was a different kind of survival too. I mean, it was it was a paycheck job. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was no fear of not getting a paycheck every week. Right. Versus owning your own business, there's probably a lot of weeks you wouldn't take one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially starting a, sh- a a job like that or a, a business like that. So, yeah. Um, I, is is what it is. But again, like the whole no risk of failure. Absolutely, I would I would do it in a heartbeat tomorrow. But no risk, no reward, and if there was no risk of failure, everyone would do it. Right. So would you have employees and stuff or just do it yourself? Uh, the, I mean, I don't know. I've never owned a business. I've never had employees. And I spend a lot of time talking to my friends who have employees, you being one of them. And I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if I possess the skills to have employees this point in my life (laughs) so and that's a that's a big part i'm learning too is dealing with people is really the most difficult part of it but if you want to think about it if you don't have employees you don't have a business you own your job own your job correct so that's just something to keep in mind when you leave and go to king of the hammers you don't make any money that week if you have employees then you're still making money then you have a business and, uh, you know, they, y- your business may not last a month without you or two weeks without you, but you can hopefully get it to a point that'll last 
it could run a week without you. How'd it run while you were at PPAI? Uh, fine. Uh, luckily, this time of the year is our slow time. So okay. It, it works out pretty good. Then some crazy bastard messaged you about Christmas this week. Yeah, which I appreciate the foresight, honestly. Yeah. So it's better now than two days before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's way more options when you have time versus short term. So. And, you know, like you sent me that email today and I was not surprised, but I was pleased with some of the quantity pricing structures. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sure if, if I called December 1st wanting stuff, that price would be a little higher. Yes. So. Um, but some of that stuff's probably a six week production. Sure. Um, you know, if you had to get into a two or one week production, then you're probably looking at double. Well, yeah, because a lot of it's probably overseas mm-hmm. and you, you have that lead time. Whereas if you have the short lead time, that's stateside and stateside's always more expensive, which correct. I would like, uh, to put this into the universe right now. I don't, he probably won't. But I am increasingly intrigued by Cody Willenberg's uh, Blaco efforts. Yes. I am enthralled with it. I think it is amazing. And I would just like, I think we could do a whole podcast about it. Whether or not he wants to or not mm-hmm. um, is a different story. But it is, it is very intriguing to me, like how all that stuff works. So I... Uh, I might hint at it maybe while we're at the hammers. Sam's talking about importing like privately labeled stuff. Yeah. So Cody has how many businesses now? He started another one. Yeah. Um, so Blaco is a uh, conglomerate of the names of his niece and nephew. And uh, he is importing private labeled products from China. And, uh, he gave me one of those products. I don't know if you got one or not. The, the air, the air gauge. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me what he, and I don't remember what it was now, but he told me what he had in it. And I was like, it's ridiculous. He, right. he told me one product, which I won't name you the product, but whatever it was, that product, let's, let's just say it costs $5 for him per unit to import it. And that's in a plain brown cardboard box with a sticker on it like with the part number, but to get the sublimated full color with his logo box, like you would see a large brand retail Mm -hmm. company selling a product in, it was an extra five, like the box cost more than as much or more than the product inside the box. And that, that it wasn't that the box was overpriced. It was, that's how inexpensive each product was. But the kicker is you got to buy 10,000, at that low right cost so your actual investment is still extremely high but your part individual part cost is low but like that that whole world is just it's it's enthralling to me i i think mm-hmm. it's amazing and there's dudes that make a living just doing that so he's he works with a consultant that is helping him through the process gotcha so um Moving along, in the past, we talked about I needed a new phone. Yes. So I did make the jump to an iPhone. Praise the Lord. Um, 
I did it because I don't necessarily like Google and the bullshit they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the liberal progressive stuff. So I'm sure iPhone's probably just as bad, if not worse. I 100%. But whatever. They, they're not they're not as vocal about it. Um, so my thoughts on it, it is nice when some, I have already found myself looking and seeing what color the text messages are yeah. and being pleased. So there's a guy today I met somewhere and I met him at my house and Google Maps will not find my house, but iMaps finds my house. Mm-hmm. So I sent him the iMaps link and I looked in his text, live location. His text was blue. And I was just like, nice. Nice. And then my wife sent me something today and I, I didn't want to, I didn't feel like it needed a response, but I just wanted to acknowledge that she had sent me that that i had seen she wanted me to get something from the store yep and i just hit the old thumbs up button and she just no Rea- reacted to the text yeah. yeah um the group texts uh are nice you know uh the with other iphone people we can send pictures and videos now that you can actually see. um and if my if my Samsung phone, if my Android phone could do some of this, I didn't know how to do it. I feel like when there's a group message, so I'm kind of half-ass in charge of Cub Scouts now, which we can circle back to that. When did that happen? Uh, I'll circle back to that. Um, But there's a group text between all the parents and Cub Scouts, and my phone is just like, hey, I think this number is this lady and absolutely and i'm just like cool or or when you get a so this happens to me in my line of work all the time dozer has a guy come in and was like you know where i can get my snap-on ratchet warranty yep here's my buddy sam's phone number Mm -hmm. and john smith texts me hey my name is john smith dozer gave me your number can you fix my ratchet and Siri or iPhone or whatever will be like, maybe John Smith, and I click the button, do you want to add a contact, hit another button, and he's in my phone. It's done. Yeah. Like, that is fantastic. And then I like when Laren sends me a text with Siri. Uh, it says, sent with Siri. Uh-huh. So, if you know, if there's a misunderstanding or something, they're like, oh, she voiced to talk that. So, sure. um, But it's it's fairly accurate, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah. Um, the Apple CarPlay, I like for the most part the text messaging and stuff. I think your truck has the CarPlay. That's right. You don't ever drive it. So no, I dude, I <laughs> I need to go down there and make sure it's still there. I guess. Um, I I I haven't driven my truck since before Christmas. Do you want my tires or not? I priced them today to Eric, and I feel bad because I priced them to you for seven fifty, and you backed out. I I priced them to Eric for seven hundred. Oh what? I'd give you that for it. Well, no, not really. I mean, the tires on there have 10,000 miles left on them. Mm-hmm. And the amount, I drive that truck 3,000 miles a year. So I got three more years worth <laughs> okay. of tires on that truck. <laughs> All right. Um, if I wasn't going on this caribou hunt, I'd probably buy them. Okay. And the other thing is you said they rub, and I'm not really any different. You have a leveling kit. And, and my bumper has been hit, and it's, so turning left is fine. Turning right, it rubs because my bumper is shifted to the left. So 
With a leveling kit and a straight bumper, I'm sure it wouldn't rub. I'll, I'll look at them when I leave. How's that sound? Perfect. Oh. And and it's exacerbated by the tire with the most tread is the closest one to the bumper on the driver's side, on the front. So anyway, okay. I digress. Continue with Digre- the board. Digression. Um, for the most part, it's okay. I remember when I went in there. Uh, I was like, hey, well, I went into AT&T, and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about switching to an iPhone. They're like, don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's not exactly. So the salesman was an iPhone guy. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He's, <laughs> yeah. like, he's yeah. like, like, he turns around, puts a, a tick mark on a chalkboard. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're, he's like, you're going to want to do that. And he's like, basically, like, how are you a new technology? And my wife has had an iPhone. I was like, well, this is a divided marriage. And, you know, my wife has had an iPhone. Like, we're about to get a divorce. iPhone's going to save it. We can't have any more kids, so we got to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So he's like, as long as your wife can help you and you're willing to learn, you should be fine. Uh, I did struggle a lot with, like, going back. Like, the whole how you interact with the system is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, how you go back and how you how you close something and all that is all completely different. I, I'm pretty much on top of it now, but for like the first month, like I couldn't even fucking get out of a text message. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm on top of that. My biggest bitches is I hate the fucking calculator. I hate the calculator. Okay. So on an Android, it shows you history. So as you're typing your stuff, it types it out and turn your phone sideways. No way. Yep. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll play with the calculator after the. No, we're playing right now. People people just want to hear us make mouth noises. Okay. Yeah, I won't dig around with it too. I just gotta see this shit. Yeah. So I I had to do a square root on Saturday, and you turn your phone sideways, and you get all your scientifics on the left here. No, it's not doing what I want to do. Oh, you want to see the history like a ticker tape on an adding machine? Yeah, like as I'm typing. I want to, I want it to like go out and then like, oh shoot, I did that number wrong. So like, if I want to add up 20 numbers, you want to go back and see them. Yeah. I want to be able to see what's there. And then if one's wrong, I want to be able to go edit it. You can do that on Android. So A, you can download a calculator app for that. And B, I think there's different, I don't know for a fact, but I think there's different calculator modes that you can change. But my favorite thing about an iPhone calculator is I want to do 150 plus 75 right so i hit 150 plus 75 but i fat fingered it was 78 okay so instead of hitting clear all you swipe and it deletes the last integer fuck i didn't know that because there was no backspace my android one had a backspace yeah you swipe and it deletes the last integer son of a bitch yeah okay i learned that on tiktok thank you very much oh okay all right so that helps okay um anyway and then literally fuck the alarm clock oh i okay i will give you that because it is there's there's (laughs) memes about it yeah bad it's bad it's real bad so like okay i want to set my alarm for five o'clock to get up and go work out yep you don't get to set it for a uh for five o'clock you got to set it for how much sleep you want to get mine doesn't do that mine does Uh, i'll check that out after work because and then, so then you put, I want to wake up at five o'clock. This is not a sufficient amount of sleep. My, you've got so, a setting. You've got a setting so wrong because mine does not do that. I have to go into the health app. 
you do my oh i dele- i deleted the health app okay oh, iphone man. don't need to know how many steps i'm getting a day motherfucker shows. okay <laughs> <laughs> anyway no no so, I, no so uh, i'm like in the health app and i have to lie to the my, my i have to like fucking tuck my phone in here let me see your phone let me see your phone i mean i could set like hey, a regular Siri. ass arm set an alarm for five in the morning Done. You, that's, that's how. That's how. That's how hard. Okay. It was. Well, that's not the part I. Hate okay. Okay. All right. Continue. Phone. The snooze. Nine minutes. You are stuck at nine minutes. I like a five-minute snooze. <laughs> oh, we can. We can. Me. Well, I like to snooze my shit twice. Well, you snooze your shit twice on a nineteen-minute snooze, motherfucker. That's you're, you're minutes. fucking into the next day. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well not even yeah. go to work at this yeah. point. I have to set, so I Googled it. How do I deal with this? Set your alarm earlier. Set your alarm well, four minutes earlier. Snoozing fucking sooner. Eight minutes fucking sooner. I hate it, dude. Why can't I pick my snooze? We can put a dude on the moon, allegedly. And we can't. I can't pick my snooze time. I have a actual real alarm clock on my nightstand it's a nine minute snooze i don't know i think so do you know why that is do you know why it's nine minutes no i do not buckle up okay is this like is this like some conspiracy shit or Uh, no but you'll like it okay so i'll probably butcher this but back when clocks were mechanical that is like how the teeth were and the teeth count and everything. That is the slowest amount you could snooze. Oh, was nine minutes. Oh, because of the gears because inside of the of gears. A clock. So that's where that comes from. Interesting. But in the digital age, it doesn't, it matter. doesn't matter. So on an Android, you can choose. I want a two-minute snooze or a nineteen-minute snooze. Correct. Yes. Uh, so I do miss that. So when I transition, so. I, I have a, 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 a traditional digital alarm clock on my nightstand, and it is full volume alarm, and it's meh, meh, meh. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, think, I know you can change the actual song or music or whatever that the alarm is, and it's, I, I just keep the standard one on the iPhone. That's, it's hilarious because there's memes about it. But I will say... On my it. Android was like, get up right now, is how the alarm was. And the iPhone's kind of like starts real quiet. Mine does not. It no. is full volume all the time. No it's kidding. like, and I'm like, calm the fuck down, phone. Like, no, mine like starts real wake, soft. Like, I do not wake up with my heart racing. Wake me up more gentle, please. <laughs> yeah. So, may I, I have the latest iOS update yeah. anyway. Oh, well, I, I deleted the health app. I did, <laughs> don't I care did. about your health it's, no more, it's man. Like, we're going to start go. your day with like borderline cardiac arrest. <laughs> Get the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you don't want to, then I'll see you in eight man, in nine minutes. Nine. <laughs> what fucks me off is if I try to hit snooze and I hit cancel instead and I fucking sleep to like another 45 that minutes. That was an issue. That was a major issue because on Android and iPhone, the snooze and the cancel are switched. Ooh. So I missed getting up for the first two weeks I had this phone <laughs> because I canceled the fuck out of that shit. 
<laughs> so the answer is be like, like me. You, like you wake up and it's like daylight. You're like, what happened? So I use my my alarm goes off at 5:25 every morning on my digital alarm clock that sits on my nightstand. And you text me back right away. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh fuck, I missed two hours of group chat from 9:45 to midnight. Like get a go to fucking sleep like you need you are not getting enough sleep gentlemen no, no, like oh definitely not so <laughs> i know dozer gets up because he's got crossfit on yeah. mondays and wednesdays and fridays correct yeah. so like i know you're, you're why i'm up y- y- i know you're up in Me the morning you have like a conversation in the mornings before yeah but, but like- what i'm saying is like on friday morning i get up and i've got Text messages from Dozer at eleven forty-five p.m. I'm like, oh, they didn't get enough sleep last night. <laughs> no, I run on like six hours. So anyway, all I'm trying to say is, is the only time I use my iPhone alarm is when I'm not at home, or if I have to get up before my alarm. Because it's kind of a pain in the ass to set the alarm on my. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pain in the ass to set my alarm on the clock because, like, it only counts up. Right, so if I want to set the <laughs> yeah. alarm, I have to go twenty fucking out twenty four hours yeah. in the future to set my alarm any earlier than five twenty five in the morning. So yeah. I just use my iPhone because I'm like, "Hey Siri, set an alarm for five fifteen." Okay, thanks, bye. Yeah, in general, it's been uh, pretty good. It it I feel like the Bluetooth connectivity is maybe a little better. Oh, and but it's weaker. So. My Android, I could have my Bluetooth speaker going in my garage and like walk out to the car or something in my shop with my phone in my pocket and it would still play. If you get 10 foot away from my Bluetooth speaker, it's it's done for. I, I think that is a hardware like differentiation between hardware because I have an iPhone. Peyton has an iPhone. You have an iPhone. I My phone connects to my tool truck. I can be... On the other side of the shop, and all right, sidebar, Spotify, if you're listening, go fuck yourself. Never have I ever decided arbitrarily, I would like to start listening to that podcast that I paused in 15 minutes ago after missing a phone call. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I, pa- I will tell you when I want to start listening to that podcast. Thank you today. very much. But, like, I'll get out of my truck and forget to disconnect from the radio in my truck, and I'll walk all the way across the shop, and then Dozer will call me. Hey, what's going on? All right, talk to you later. Bye. Click. Spotify's like, and then, blah, 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 we never landed on the moon. Fucking aliens are real. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on, Spotify? Like, it's fine with music. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll stop it. But on a, on a podcast, like, I got to back up to where I was at right. so I don't miss anything. It does, it does that with... Uh, um Audiobooks on Audible too. Yeah, like what? Wh- wh- at what point did somebody in the dev team was like, "All right, what do we do when the app has been inactive for forty five minutes and the user misses a phone call?" I know. Let's restart whatever the fuck they were listening to a fucking hour ago. Yeah. No, no, not at all. That and was- I've, there's no setting to shut it off either. That's, that's not a that's not an Android or iPhone thing. I think that's, that's just a Spotify. A thing. Thing. That's just a thing. But anyway, I digress. And an Audible thing, I guess. I digress. So my iPhone, Peyton Willenberg can verify this, has like super Bluetooth. Okay. So like 
Peyton can be in her fucking Dodge Durango, be bopping down the road, listen to Taylor Swift, dur dur dur, and like, hey Sam, let's go get tacos. And I'll hop in the passenger seat, and like Taylor Swift will just be like fucking checked out, and then all of a sudden, over you connect, fucking I get a phone call on Peyton's fucking car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> She's like. Fuck you! This is my car. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My so like, if my uh, speaker is on my welding table and I go into the other room to the sandblast cabinet, it won't work. So at my house, I have that sound bar underneath my TV that's connected to my TV, and I also Bluetooth to it. And I like listen to music in the house while I'm whatever. When Amanda's getting ready in the morning. She's got a 10 foot cord on her Android and Oh yeah, she was super sour. I got an iPhone. Oh yeah. She's like, I used to like those. Her and my brother. And uh, anyway. Mooch, don't tell her we're talking about her again. <laughs> yeah, Mooch, keep it to Mooch, your fucking self. Yeah. Um, so she has to take the cord, stretch it over the bed, and put it <laughs> on the dresser, like next to the door of my bedroom, so it's close to the living room for the sound bar to you. Like I can be connected to my soundbar. I can be almost in the fucking garage before it stops playing on my soundbar. I can be upstairs. I can be in the bathroom. I can be down here in the basement, and it'll play on my soundbar. So, I, I I think it's a hardware to hardware issue. Like I think. Okay. So like okay, I gotcha. So I was just gonna see if there was like a fucking like potency setting. I I don't know if like, there's a like. like I, I'm just saying like. like I want my Bluetooth speaker to play in three rooms away, but you're probably going to get brain cancer. <laughs> you're already getting that. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. I think it's just like my Bluetooth receiver was built on a Wednesday. Yours was built on a Tuesday after Labor Day. You know what I mean? Which yeah. it was made in China. They don't have Labor Day. So no, <laughs> mine was built right before the dude jumped off the top of the iPhone factory. <laughs> Uh, but in, in general, it's, it's, it's been okay. Um, I don't think I'd go back to Android yet just because I've, okay. you know what sold me on it? What's that? The USB-C. Okay. You finally put a fucking regular ass charger on this thing. Yeah. I'm in. So I still have lightning. Mm. One one thing, one Mm. thing that's taken, one thing that's taken me a long time to get used to is I take a lot of pictures for work for serial numbers and part numbers and things. And so like, I'm, there's no macro mode for the iPhone camera. Um, so like I put my phone all the way up to this, this serial number, trying to get a picture and it won't focus, won't focus, won't focus. You back up. Yeah. I've noticed that it'll focus. Then you can zoom in. Zoom in. Yeah. And it'll be perfectly fine. Like, like, why is there not a setting? Like, I want to take a picture of this ladybug on this flower. Like, <laughs> no, you. Well, I mean, I don't, but I mean, like, that is an iPhone setting. It should be an iPhone setting because, like, iPhone users are tofu eating they them's that would like to take a picture of a ladybug on a flower. So, I feel like it should be a setting on an iPhone, but it's not. So, I it took me a while to learn that, like, okay, just step two feet back. And then just zoom in on the part number, and you can you can read it. But it's just, uh, I guess, a, a a learning curve kind of thing. What are, what are you bewildered by over there? I'm not bewildered. I have a picture for you. A picture. Okay. Well, good thing this is a uh, 
audio only podcast. Looks like uh, this is your cousin's uh, Dynaflex or Dynatrax. Rock Jock. Rock Jock Axel. Yeah. Uh, man. He saved uh, $11 on Black Friday. So <laughs> why not? You yeah. Know just I'm pull saying? the trigger. You know no, what I mean? No, he got free RCVs with it. Okay. I knew it was, it was not a small discount. It was a very yeah. sizable discount, which we discussed at length off the air that had you been planning to buy it anyway, it was definitely. Uh, a, a, a pull the trigger moment but like if you were just kind of on the fence it's like yeah probably still wouldn't have bought them but if you were already planning on getting them it was a hell of a deal i think it ended up being about nine hundred dollars so savings not total savings yes. <laughs> yes. um i would if i could so i could but so i wouldn't if i could i guess anyway don't need to though yeah because you don't have an ls in your jeep yet yeah, I haven't thought, I have not stressed about that or thought about that in months. So, well, I'm sorry, I brought it up. Yeah, the caribou thing is just basically taking my whole life o- over. Honestly, I, uh, I'm happy for you. It's nothing, it's nothing that I would aspire to do myself, but I, I, I am jealous of you getting the experience. Um, I have a customer that's leaving in two weeks to go hog hunting in Texas. Not from a helicopter, so I'm only slightly jealous. Um, but what my new like it's not even an obsession. I've seen one TikTok on it or Instagram reel or whatever. But I would like to find a used thermal, okay, and put it on my 1022 and go shoot rats with it. I sent you that video, right? Like there was a dude That's just a- murdering rats with a thermal on a 1022, and like. That just, I, I don't know what, and I'm sure it's kind of the same thrill doing coyotes with thermal, but like just being able to be that apex predator that has night. And it, and it like, it kind of fucks you up if you think about it. Okay. So we go out and at night with heat seeking scopes yeah, and play the sound of a the, dying animal. These animals' children <laughs> dying. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Like, if you, like, switch it around, it would be like if something was hunting us and there was, like, a children's voice, help me, help me, help me. Yeah. And you show up and there's a motherfucker with a heat-seeking vision that fucking shoots you. <laughs> that's kind of creepy you know what i mean like but fuck coyotes to yeah, be honest. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> like dave chappelle why because fuck them that's why <laughs> oh man but still so that's up so back to shooting like that's I, I i would like to go with you when it's not zero degrees out sometime i think it'd be fun well really the best hunting isn't when it's zero because we've kind of come to find out that the coyotes like warm weather too sure because they hate when it's fucking cold yeah. too. so the day uh two saturdays ago we went or sunday whatever we went out uh day drinking with um hannah and eric whitaker and we went out country cruising in my jeep got to use the all-wheel drive got to use oh. the mud mode Ooh. on my jeep which Ooh. jacked the suspension up oh. turned the trash control off i felt like i you felt like, like everybody stand back no i felt i felt like a uh um like you should have a polo on exactly <laughs> I, I felt like a uh, uh uh like one of those 
over not, not overlanders, like if, but like like if someone punched you, your dad was gonna sue him. Yes. <laughs> so like like one of those bros from the like in California, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I off road. I totally <laughs> off road. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's literally a street sign right there. You're not off road. Like this is a county road. Granted, it's mud and puddles, and but it's technically a county road. Anyway, we saw like four coyotes out running, and uh, it was literally negative four degrees outside. And I was and I was thinking like, man, it would suck to be a fucking coyote right now. Like, yeah, trying trying to find some food and a piece of ass, and you're freezing your balls off. <laughs> some fucking fat ass redneck shoots you. <laughs> Oh uh, shoot! Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's got to be cold f- to see him during the day, but hunting him in the dark, I think they prefer it to be not cold. Speaking of hunting him in the dark, what did you kill the other day? A fox. Yeah. Yeah. Off your bait pile. Yeah. That's cool as shit. I've killed three this year. So no foxes in the hen house up at Dozer's Ranch. Well. There used to be not very many foxes, so I didn't like shooting them. Is foxes the the plural of fox? Fox eye, foxes. It's got to be foxes. But anyway. uh, I I have seen more foxes this year than I have my whole life combined, thirty five years. So and, and I will attest this to like I have up until two years ago, I have never seen a fox in real life in Illinois, and I've seen several in the past couple of years. So it's. I think these guys hunting coyotes at night is is making a difference because I mean, the coy like the, the coyotes will kill a fox. Okay, so foxes they're considerably smaller than a coyote, right? And fifty years ago, there was no coyotes in this area. Okay, and I think it has a lot to do with the deer because there's no deer either. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's a lot of deer, there's a lot of coyotes, but it, the coyotes kill the foxes. Mm-hmm. So you know you got straight up, you got dudes are straight up assassins you know some of these guys are killing over 100 coyotes a year no and some of them are doing 50 in a weekend yeah anyway so that i think is making a difference the 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 animal rights people are argue it doesn't make a difference because they say the more you kill the harder they reproduce but you really think that's the case uh i think a little bit yes but i honestly think the like amount like, of foxes like, we're seeing. Like, is, is a coyote going to be like, "Oh fuck, my cousin Joe just got killed. Better make another baby." Well, is that, is that what is that their? I don't think it's a decision like that. I think it's more um, mechanical than that, maybe. So, this is how I just see it. So, if food is scarce and an animal's malnutritioned then that coyote may not ovulate that breeding season. This, you know, this is how okay. I figure. Like, it, it's not a decision well, there, for them to reproduce are, more. Are coyotes pack animals? Yes. So, like, if... Like, you'll, you'll usually kill, like, a male and female together. Well, like, I guess, I guess my point is, like, like, like wolves are pack animals. Mm-hmm. And I could see, like, if... And I... And, I'm sure there's wildlife experts that aren't listening to this podcast that could tell me different, but like, let's just say the average pack size is 15 dogs. And like, once you get to that pack size, any more offspring would be a hindrance to the survival of your pack. And anything less than 10 is 
unsafe as a pack. So like the natural balance of nature will be like between 10 and 15 dogs in a pack. So if you're below that, you're going to breed. And if you're above that, you're not going to breed. Is that still a thing? Is, well, or is that me making that up? I think how you're looking at it is, is it's a decision. And I took a class in college. I don't remember what it was, but it, they were talking about the difference between an, uh, humans and animals. Okay. And animals make decisions off of. Can I eat it or can I fuck it? Uh, well, off of stimulus. Sure. So if I eat this, it tastes, it feels good. Okay. So we eat it. If they, they don't have sex knowing that that causes babies, they do it because it feels good. Okay. And a human does things in general from logic, but you could argue some of the, um, how would I want to put this? Some of the people whose lives are in worse shape make more decisions off a stimulus instead of logic okay they do something because it feels good right which is that's why animals my my winter dog doesn't eat because they know that food keeps them alive they eat because it feels good and tastes mm -hmm. good mm -hmm. so something has to happen with coyotes to affect their breeding stimulus wise sure and i assume it's mostly due to food okay so i don't know if this is true or not but like in my mind if there's not enough food, the animals are malnutrition and like the females don't come into heat, then you sure. don't have babies. Sure. Uh, or, or not enough food, they come into heat, get pregnant. And eat the baby. Or, or they get pregnant with five and only one lives. Okay. okay. But if there's plenty of food and the breast milk's good and all that and the mom's healthy, all five live. Sure, sure, sure. That's in my mind, how it works. I have no idea if it does or not. But that's, I could totally get behind that. But they, they, I, they don't make a conscious decision to have more babies. They're okay. not like, oh, this is a lot more room out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. They don't, they don't do that, I don't think. Okay. If they did, they would, you know, they would just be thumbs that separate them from us at that point. Right. But, I mean, I guess I didn't mean it as, like, they made a conscious decision, but as far as, like, just just the way that nature works, I guess. Like because if you know, in a you know, in a perfect world, like let's just say there was an unlimited food source, would they make a pack of a hundred dogs? Like they probably wouldn't. Like there would be no way that the hierarchy would sustain that many dogs. Like they would split off and make their own pack, right? Uh, I suppose. Anyway. I digress. This is not a hunting podcast. It's not a wildlife it could podcast. Be, I mean, it, I guess it could be, but I, we should go, we should go like hog hunting or something sometime. Oh, be a good time. I want to do it out of a helicopter. And you could, I mean, we could bring the women's because a lot of these places, like just for an example, I don't say, I'm not saying we should do this, but I could see you do it. Like if you go to like South America, like duck hunting, mm -hmm. like there's approximately Brazilian ducks. Like a there's, Brazilian there's ducks. no limit. Uh -huh. you, like shoot them until you can't carry anymore. Okay. But South America is like Argentina is also known for wine. So like the women go do like the Argentine wine trail during the day. And we go shoot our Benelli so much that the barrels melt. And then get together for a fancy dinner every evening. So Rebecca Bickle has invited us in the past. I want to kill a pheasant. Yeah, surely you have. 
When I've we never, went, no, we killed quail. Oh, we shot quail. We never killed a pheasant. Well, we can do that. And I've only recently started seeing. What are you wild doing this pheasants. weekend? <laughs> Going to California, oh, you dolt. No, dumb. The uh, Bluff City Hunting Preserve is having a continental shoot this weekend. Yeah. Yes. I I have not I have not burned any powder in over a year. It's bad. It's sad. It's tragic, actually. Last time I sh- last time I pulled the trigger on a firearm was when we <laughs> shot at your duck with the eighteen inch rough rod. I got him. <laughs> Sam calls you Long Barrel Sam now. Why you mean like that? Yeah, Wyatt. <laughs> oh shoot. We we need to do some more shooting. <sighs> so speaking of Wyatt, mm-hmm. I also got bamboozled into kind of leading the cub scouts yeah yeah so we touched on that earlier talk about being a cub scout leader so i was in the cub scouts once that's good to know okay that's good to know i didn't know that sidebar Uh, i was not allowed to be in the cub scouts because that was for gay people and then my brother got to be in it so i don't know what that means that should be in your best man speech i have to sneak that one in there (laughs) i'm selling girl scout cookies right now so there's that um talk about a temptation right anyway cub scout leader dozer so it all starts when emma started tumbling flipping so so flopping flopping (laughs) So, Laren's all jazzed up. You know, Emma's got all the tumbling outfits, the special see-through book bag, you know, to make sure she's not bringing her Glock to fucking tumbling, I guess. <laughs> Gotta have a see-through book bag. It's like Cracker Barrel up in this bitch. Yeah. Um, so, she's all jazzed. Laren's dumping copious amounts of money into this project, hyping it. The hype man, big time, you know. Hype, hype girl. And uh, Wyatt's like, well, if she's doing tumbling. What do I get to do? What do I, I want to do? Cub Scouts. And I was like, well, you're not old enough for Cub Scouts. He goes, oh, yes, I am. And I, I was, got a buddy, Jim Bob. He's uh, a Cub Scout. They came to school and talked to us. Oh, so and they I, did. And I was like, really? I was like, this is the first time I've heard about this. And uh, so when I ask you what you did at school today and you said nothing, turns out that was a lie. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, I guess you should have told me I did. Oh, and I was did like, you? I was like, what? I look over at my wife and she's giving me the old, <laughs> the old. <laughs> and so I pull her aside. I was like, what's going on here? She's like, <laughs> yeah, I threw all that shit away. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> Poor Wyatt. So. Um, the Boy Scouts seems to be more like the Illuminati. (laughs) Okay. This took a turn. In terms of being able to contact them. Okay. So, follow me. Um, following. So, there's no information out there anywhere. Okay. So, I go on Effingham Insider and type in Boy Scouts. Okay. So, I find a guy selling Boy Scout cookies or whatever. What? Popcorn or whatever. Popcorn. So, I know him. Okay. So, I sent him a message on Facebook. I said, hey, you know, here's the deal. (laughs) I want to join Cub Scouts. It's actually Cub Scouts. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, you can't join our Cub Scouts. We're full. Because we're full. (laughs) And they are doing it by school. And St. Anthony is getting 
which is St. Anthony is the private school yeah. in Effingham. They're getting their Cub Scout group back together after a hiatus. 40-year hiatus. 40? I don't know. I made that up. Okay. It's been a long time. Okay. Okay. Just because there wasn't enough kids to have a group or? Ba- or like nobody to lead it. I don't know. Or troop or den or whatever they call so it. They're St. Anthony kids in the Effingham one and Altamont kids. Okay. But they're like full. So they're like, we're going to get another one started. I feel like, jumping forward, I feel like the Cub Scouts have a number of new shit they got to get started. And instead of letting us just go somewhere that was started, they're like, yep, you got to start all over again. Because we got to meet our quota. We got to meet a quota of new groups. Okay, okay. That's how it feels. I don't know if it's true. So he said, you got to text this guy. So I text another guy. He goes... I'm in charge of the Boy Scouts for San Anthony, not the Cub Scouts. Yeah. So you need to text this guy. Read the number on the back of the dollar bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there a star? Um, Nick, Nicholas Cage, he's the headmaster. Basic, essentially, yeah. <laughs> so you can't call this guy, you to email him. He's out of St. Louis. So I email this dude out of St. Louis like, listen. So I find this out. A day after they have the first meeting. Okay. So I'm I'm behind. So I send this guy um, an email. Hey, kind of late here, wanting to get in on this. Okay, the only thing you have to do is fill out all this paperwork and come to the next meeting. But that's it. Yeah, and pay. So I fill out paperwork for Wyatt. I fill out paperwork for me because the kindergartners, an adult has to be with them. Yeah. So I pay for me. I pay for Wyatt. Um, I do all the sexual harassment training, all that shit. I just, I'm, I'm behind. I'm a piece of shit dad. I just dive into this. Sure. So it turns out I'm the only dude to do the sexual harassment training and, okay. and pay. So they're like, well, you're the only one that can be a leader. Congratulations. You qualify. Well, congratulations. You're the leader now. And I'm just like, ooh, I went way too aggressively into this. <laughs> I should at least went to one meeting. But like, I felt like I was behind. Right. Um, so luckily, there's two other dads who have also kind of stepped up to help. And uh, they have been in Boy Scouts. I've not been in Boy Scouts. So I don't know the oath or all the salutes. I don't know the words. They've got, like, words for everything, like we blow and... All this stuff it makes no sense to me. I don't even care to learn, but we're, we're giving it the best shot. It's, uh... So if you've been in Boy Scouts, and what I've heard is after all the sexual harassment allegations and all that drama, it's significantly changed. It's not even the Boy Scouts anymore. It's the Scouts of America, because there are girls in it. Oh, God. So, um, and like everything's changed. The sexual harassment training was like five or six hours of just watching people talk about touching little kids. And like we were joking, we're like, this is more of a how to guide than, <laughs> than you can touch them on the nape of the neck, but not the small of the back. I, whatever. It's well, the, the thought process is they want to teach you how the predators work that way you can recognize it well all it does is basically tell you how to groom kids like listen i grew up catholic <laughs> been there done that <laughs> so i went very aggressively into it because i felt like i was behind and i totally surpassed everybody 
So overachiever dozer strikes again. Yeah, and do that. They're just like it's easy. It's easy. All you have to do is meet five times a month and take the kids on vacation once a month. And it's just just go to like the National Museum for Aeronautics, uh, you know, in Florida, and and that that'll. And it's just like it's stuff like that. And it's no big deal. No big yeah, deal. It's not a big deal. And I'm just like, <laughs> so then I talk to all these people my age who have been in Boy Scouts. They're like, this isn't the Boy Scouts I was in. Like, this is a different. It's like super boomers, like, back when I was in Boy yeah, Scouts. Exactly. <laughs> we shot guns. Yeah. We went on, we went on panty raids. Oh. So it's, it's, uh, it's something. It's something. So it's, I got voluntold. As voluntold, voluntold, gotcha. So we'll see. So I have an exciting announcement. Okay, for the first time that I can remember in my life, Samuel Derrickson is buying a set of four of tires, four DOT approved tires. Nice. I've I've purchased multiple set of non DOT approved tires for side by sides and the like. But other than for a RZR player side-by-side, I cannot tell you a set of four complete tires that I have purchased for a vehicle. The exception being, on my Dart, I purchased two front tires at one time from Walmart. And then it was probably... Three or four months later, I purchased two rear tires from Cody, the Nitto Drag Raider. Mm-hmm. It, was two se- it was two separate transactions. But for the first time ever, I am going to purchase four brand new, never owned by anybody but the person who molded them from raw trees, tires for my pickup truck. Yep. Because I purchased... So, I had that's grown. It, it's that's it's grown, gr- grown. It's, it's grown up stuff yeah, for sure. So I had a used set of Arturo, seventeen inch trail blades, on the diesel pickup truck, and they were pretty well worn out. And a customer had some used eighteen inch, three twenty five, sixty five, eighteen tires that were essentially the same size as what I had. And I had previously purchased some used 18-inch rims years ago that I had stored away for a special occasion. And I was like, well, hell, I got wheels. $300 for five tires? Sign me up. I'm there. I'm here for it. Nine months later, after buying the tires, I bring the wheels to have the tires mounted. And then get the truck over there to get the tires and wheels put on the truck. Mm -hmm. Thinking... This is going to be good. It's going to get me through the winter. I'm going to be fine. I back out of the shop, turn the wheel to the right to back out and get on the road. It rubs the front bumper like a mofo, like big time bad. I'm like, well, hell, super long story short. I'm going to sell the 18s with tires, get rid of those, and I'm going to buy four brand new no-name Chinese piece of shit. <laughs> 35-12-50-17s for the original factory wheels on the Dodge. And I'm, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, 
Well, I can tell you the first time I bought four new tires. Okay. It's for my wife's minivan. Okay. So it wasn't a real exciting deal, but I did sure feel grown up. And there I, were Firestones even. I, I, I don't know. I, I was talking to Eric Custer today, and I was like, I honestly feel like I'm worse than you because we call him, I don't, we never had a name for his tire fetish, but he like used tires were his jam. And yes. it, that, that disease transferred from him to me. In a and big way. In a big way. And I, I'm, I am 33 years old and never, ever in the 33 years I've been on this planet have bought four tires at a time for a vehicle. Brand new. I've done it a few times now. And uh, I, I, I'm not exactly sure how I'm supposed to feel about this. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a little disgusted with myself, to be honest. Like, <laughs> it's I feel a little bit of perversion. Yeah, I feel a little dirty. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, and so typically, like, you, you said something one time years ago, 15 years ago. This ought to be good. You told me. That when your mom's car needs tires, she, she buys just a new car. Buys a new car. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of like my my <laughs> white Jeep that I drive every day has great tires on it. I'm gonna sell that car. I'm gonna sell that Jeep, never having put a tire on it, and buy another Jeep that's hopefully got good tires on it. And like on some level, I, like I relate. I don't buy a brand new one, but I buy another one that's got decent tires on it. And I I typically sell them before. I need to put tires on them. So this, I don't know how long I've had this, this Cummins, but it's, I think, I think it's been over, it has to have been over a year because. Oh, surely. Uh, Brent sent me a Snapchat like memory or whatever. A year ago, he drove by my house and it still had the arch over the driveway mm -hmm. and he had his kids in the car and he's like, if you look to your left kids, this is where the f world famous short story long podcast is recorded in the basement of that house right there. And they're like, shut the hell up dad. We don't <laughs> care. And he's like, and he like flips camera. He's like, they're super excited or <laughs> whatever. But in the driveway was my Jeep. And I'm like, well, that was a year ago. I had the Jeep over here. It's time to sell that bitch. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's interested in a 2011 Hemi Grand Cherokee <laughs> HMU Tradio, <laughs> good tires. Uh, <laughs> uh tell them about your other uh automotive selling adventure which one are we talking about the uh swap meet okay so it's a good thing we wrote this down yeah thank you for writing it out so swap me guy uh i told mm. him i wrote him a little note in the uh in the envelope that i sent him i said look for us at uh the next the spring swap meet at altamont Turns out Dozer is ditching me. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be there again because it's in a row. turkey season again. And uh, apparently killing birds is more important than hanging out with his buddy. Okay, but listen. So the coveted, the best weekend of turkey hunt is second season. Because first season, there's no weekend. And it's, it's during the week only. And it's cold. Okay. But second season, you get a weekend to hunt. Yeah. And it's starting to warm up. Turkeys are, you know, they're, they're driving. They're moving. They're moving. So you shoot for that second season. And, like, I never get it. But it's bittersweet because then I can go to the swap meet. Sure. But the last two years, I've got second season. Okay. So it's a bittersweet thing. Uh, I, I, 
I try to, I, I mean, I could go there, you know, it goes till two, but then you kind of miss the deals. Yeah. But I have stuff I want to sell there. So you can keep going. You can keep so going. we acquired the pamphlet at the fall swap meet. Well, we signed up. We signed up. Because we're like, we're doing, we're doing this. So we are going to have a swap meet space at the Altamont swap meet for the spring. And uh, the here, here is the most difficult part. Jerry Brummer, Dozer's father-in-law, is going to be involved in the swap meet space. We're going to have tables set up. He has a quite a bit of stuff that he wants to sell. Dozer have quite a bit of stuff that he wants to sell. And I have one section of my shelf in my garage that I want to sell. And I could probably add to that. But those are going to be turkey hunting. So we're going to have to get like color-coded tags, price tags. But um, we talked on the phone briefly the other night about this. And the the biggest thing about a swap meet is you, you walk past the guy's table. Like, what's this intake fit? All it's got on is a price tag. So... What we're going to try to do is label everything, especially for dozers items. Like this is a, is this fits, you know, early small block Ford, this to this year, this to this cubic inch, um, came off of a blah, blah, blah. And like have a little note card or whatever explaining the item to make it easier to sell. And then like have like, Dozer will be green tags and Sam will be blue tags and Jerry will be red tags and take all the money at the end of the day and like, I don't know, write it down or whatever. Like we sold this and we were asking 50, we took 40 or whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then divvy up the money at the end. Um, but I think it'd be cool to have a swap me space because we, we all, all three of us have junk more or less to get rid of that has value. Like it's, it's not worth, it's worth 20, 30 bucks. It's not worth putting on Facebook, dealing with all the bullshit, uh, not worth putting on eBay, dealing with everything, eBay taking their fees. If we can pay 20 bucks or five bucks a person or whatever, 10 bucks a person and have this swap me space at Altamont and be able to move some of this stuff and, you know, interact with the public and maybe get there. I don't, I don't know what time setup is do they set up on friday no they set up so i've done a i've shared a booth with a guy one time okay and it's like six in the morning oh god damn so. what time what time's mcdonald's open surely they're open before, do they close I, I, I i'm sure they do but anyway our our traditional ritual is to meet at seven in the morning at mcdonald's in altamont get a cup of coffee and a breakfast sandwich and then head to the swap meet. But if we're setting up a space then obviously we'll have to be there early, get our booth set up, which in years past it's it, the gates open at seven 30 or whatever time they open. And it seems like all the way through 10 o'clock guys are still, rolling, are still in rolling in with stuff to sell. So ideally if you get there at six o'clock, get your shit set up, you could make a quick lap before everybody gets there and, you know, cherry pick all the good deals, which is what happens in March at the indie swap meet. It goes Friday, Saturday is a two day swap meet. We go on Saturday, but they set up on Thursday. So all the vendors 
will set up on Thursday and they'll buy each other's shit. Yeah. Put it on their booth and mark it up. Nice. Like, oh, here's this intake. I paid a hundred bucks for it. It's on my booth for 150. And like Keith Meyer goes and uh who else? I mean, lots of people go. Um Jim Falby, he goes and like they just cherry pick all the good deals and uh then they repost them on there, you know, make 50, 60 bucks in their booth. But that's okay. I mean, good for them, but so I think we should try to make that happen. My father-in-law might make it weird or difficult, but we'll just see what happens. I mean, what, I, what, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, you got a deaf guy trying to do business with people. So from like, spitballing it in my head worst case scenario we sell nothing we're out how much is the space 20 bucks 20 bucks we divide 20 bucks by three people like we're like i'll make a deal i'll pay for the space if you guys will sell my shit while i'm turkey hunting well so we're out zero dollars zero dollars i mean the, like worst case scenario jerry gets in a fist fight yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, the worst case scenario was like he doesn't show up. Oh, like he's got like the trailer with the things, and he just. I think I should be in charge of the trailer. Yeah, I'm just saying. I've got a ten foot enclosed trailer, so he's talking about loading up a twenty four foot trailer and bringing. Why? I, he must just have that much junk. I mean, we might need two spaces if but, he's got a twenty four foot trailer. I've got. Uh, I've got some I, I lit like everything I have would fit on half of this table right here. Gotcha. Like I could, I could fit of an, of a six foot folding table. I would fill up half of it. We should find some arbitrary bullshit to sell. I don't know what, but just like something totally random. See if we can sell it. All right. I got some leftover podcast equipment from. We should sell podcast merch. Okay. <laughs> Shout out. Visit the the podcast merch store. Yes. We don't ever talk about that. We have t-shirts for sale. Huggies. Huggies for sale. Um, Sam will yeah. link it in the... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll link it in the show description. Buy some of our stuff. Yeah. I mean... The more you buy, the more we feel like we'll have to make podcasts. Yeah. This, it, will in, it will incentivize us to come down to the, my basement and make these podcasts. Okay, we do need to make a list of people to get on here. I feel like we have some possibilities like Brent and Mooch. And so so Brent for sure. Brent was here in person, in studio, briefly, before we started recording. Can you hide somebody's voice? Like alter it somehow? Yeah, like a harmonizer, they call it. Uh, I'll have to look into that. I've got someone who wants to come on. But wants to be anonymous. Wants to be anonymous and complain and tell us their employee stories. So what if they talk into a can? I don't know. Does that, does that hide my voice? But they want to tell, you know, like the, like that. Oh, I can't come to work today because my truck got repoed. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> so Brent needs to be back, needs to come on. Mooch needs to come on again yeah i need to um, go talk to my grandpa carter wills uh oh, is he in town for good or just visiting or? He, well he's in california right now oh well yeah but and he's general. coming to king of the hammers allegedly if he doesn't get called to puerto rico um but he wants to be on um jake helmick wants to be on with brent uh we got a lot oh, of potential guests 
Um, but nobody's actually stepped up yet. I mean, if you want to be on the podcast, let's do it. We're just literally two idiots sitting in my basement, drinking twisted teas. Come on the podcast and hang out with us. We're just literally doing nothing but making mouth noises on the internet. So (laughs) if you want to be a part of it, a t-shirt on making mouth noises on the internet. I mean, I know a guy who makes t-shirts. That's right. So, so we've also set a record for the longest I've went during a podcast without PN. Congratulations. I have what they call a tiny tank syndrome and I got to pee. So let's wrap this up. Okay. So your tool test. Okay. No, you're not going to get away without it. Okay. All right. Which we didn't do on the last podcast. S S P B H five, four R 54 inch red pry bar. Can you be more descriptive? More descriptive. Striking private. Oh, no, very nice. Yes. What was retail on that? Retail on that is. We just had a price increase, so I'm gonna say. Two twenty nine. Two sixty three. Is retail. We did have a price increase on that. Good That's God. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, so what did we learn? Did you write anything down? The only thing I wrote down is that we make declarations on this podcast. <laughs> sometimes we Some, don't. Sometimes we make de- <laughs> Oftentimes we ne- make declarations on this podcast, and most of those times we do not actually follow through <laughs> on we those We will declare we won't do them. I declare. <laughs> we won't do any dragon drives. Um, that being said, the Comanche is still in my garage. And I would like to get back working on it, but more important than that, one day I hope to retrieve my torpedo heater (laughs) so that I can actually perform actual mechanical work in my garage. Well, it's 45 now. It's a heat wave. It is a heat wave. So I have a couple things on the GTX I need to get done fairly quickly that will take some, like the radiator's coming out. It's going to TRS. They're going to recore it. That's got to happen. That's going to take several weeks. That's got to be done before the start of the year. Um, we're going to rejet the carburetor, change spark plugs, change spark plug tubes. I'm going to add the Moroso spark plug tube billet aluminum. I don't even know what they're called, but basically on a, Gen 2 Hemi, there's an aluminum tube that goes through the valve cover into the head that holds the spark plug. And when you pull the spark plug, all the oil that's in the under the valve cover in that head will leak past the spark plug into the cylinder when you pull the spark plug tube. They Moroso makes an aluminum cup that presses into the head that the aluminum spark plug tube goes into and it's like a dam around the spark plug hole keeps oil from going into the cylinder which is twofold firstly you don't get any oil into the cylinder so when you start it up you don't blow a huge cloud of black smoke secondly you can actually read the spark plug because when the spark plugs covered in oil you don't know if it's wet or if it's dry or if it's cold or if it's hot whatever the situation is you can't read the plugs so with those cups it allows you to read the plugs and prevents the oil from going in the cylinder. So that's on the list of things to do. And then the dipstick is number one priority. The oil pan's coming back off the Hemi. 
I'm going to do an oil change and the dipstick that's on it will not read. It hits the oil pickup tube and goes over it and does not get a clear reading of the oil level, which is kind of important. I would really like to know how much oil is in my mm -hmm. engine. Um, so that is something that's going to be a trial and error. Order a new dipstick, see if it fits, so on and so forth. Several different companies make them. Um, but that is the action items on the GTX before next summer. Um, and once that's done, uh, I would really much like to add a gear vendor overdrive to it. It's not in the budget for this year. Uh, it is the, believe, the 30th anniversary of the Hot Rod Power Tour this year. Um, and it's going to be fairly close. It ends in Indianapolis. Uh, I'm not sure where it starts at this year, but a lot of people have expressed interest in going. And I would do it in the GTX. Um, but having a gear vendors with the three-speed would be pretty cool. Just like I said, not in the budget for this year's activities. Okay, what did I learn? You need to smell all of your drinks before you drink them to check for breast milk. Okay. Uh, most of my iPhone issues are solved with apps. Okay. Uh, four new tires are grown, grown moves. Okay. Sam has Superman Bluetooth. Okay. And deserts can have mud. Indeed they That's can. That's what I learned. Indeed they All can. Right, I'm going to the bathroom. All right, guys. Well, thanks for riding along with us. Uh, do not forget to subscribe, rate, and like the show. Uh, reach out to us at askshortstorylong at gmail.com. Message us on Facebook and visit the merch store. There will be a link in the description below. Uh, we would love to sell you some uh, T-shirts and huggies and whatnot. So, guys, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one. See you later. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. My, 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 my music hits me so hard. Makes me say, oh, my Lord, thank you for blessing me. What am I doing? Touch this. Yeah, that's how we living, and you know you can't touch this. Look at my eyes, man. You can't touch this. Yo, let me bust the funky lyrics. Touch this. Fresh new kicks and bands. You got it like that, now you know you wanna dance. So move out of your seat and get a fight girl and catch this beat while it's rolling. Hold on, pump a little bit and let the noise go on like that, like that. Yo, sound the bell, school is in, sucker. You can't touch this. Give me a song, a rhythm, making them sweat. That's what I'm giving them now. They know you're talking about the hammer, you're talking about a show that's hyped and tight. Singles are sweating so fast, they're my wife or a tape. To learn what it's gonna take in the 90s to burn the charts. Legit, either work hard or you might as well quit. That's word, because you know you can't touch this. Touch this. Break it down.
Hammer time. Go with the flow. It is said if you can't rule the list, then you probably are dead. So wave your hands in the air. Bust a few moves. Run your fingers through your hair. This is it. For a winner, dance to this. And you're going to get there. Now move. Slide your rock. Just for a minute. Let's all do the rock. Yeah. Can't touch this. Look, man. Can't touch this. You better get a hype, boy, because you know you can't. You can't touch this. Ring the bell. School's back in. Break it down. Can't touch this. 